What are the answers to some of life's most important questions? Actually, you can't avoid answering these questions because you already do. It happens simply by how you have chosen to structure your priorities, spend your money, and use your time. Tune in as we interview pastors and leaders throughout the valley discussing the must-answer questions on The Form Show. Welcome to The Form Show. Mark Lucas here, Faith Talk 1360. What an amazing joy and privilege it is week in and week out to have these conversations, conversations that truly do matter most. Today, I am elated to have back with me in studio, Elaine Briefman. We're going to have a conversation really around when we look at ourselves, and we're sober-minded, hopefully, in this question, do you identify as mature or intelligent? And how emotional maturity and spiritual intelligence impact Christian identity? That's where we're headed today. I'm overjoyed to have this conversation. Pastor Elaine, a little bit about her, really enjoy every time she's on the form show. She loves God, she loves people, and yes, she loves fishing. She's raised in the church from birth. She learned early how to do church from a religious sense. However, she was sexually abused by her adoptive father, who was a leader in the church. Through a lifetime of struggle, therapy, medication, and personal experiences, she finally found herself at the feet of Jesus, who clearly said, let's go play. Now, after years of education, uh, licensing, ordination, and over 20 years now of performing professional therapy, Pastor Elaine brings her findings of her own search for truth to this beautiful public arena as a spiritual growth coach. Join her in this beautiful journey and many others. Fishing for truth is the best way to find her. Pastor Elaine, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's just such a joy. And equally, every time we get to chat, I absolutely love it. Um, just being able to talk about the real things that, that people talk about when it comes to faith and identity. And so thank you so much for having me back. Well, it's a joy to have you back, and I could have you back weekly. I really enjoy having you on. So when we have this conversation, you and I over the phone this week, and we talked a couple times, really looking in the mirror and asking some of these questions about emotional maturity and spiritual intelligence and how they impact our Christian identity. So walk us through that, because that sounds beautiful and compelling. So walk us into that conversation a little bit, Elaine. Well, as you heard, I, my upbringing was pretty jacked up. And so I, I had my sense of self was, was kind of um, uh, damaged so deeply. And growing into the men mental health, I'm thinking, okay, it, it wasn't even okay to, for me to find mental health when I, at my age early on. And being in the church, it was like, okay, do I go the mental health route? Do I go the Jesus only route? And, and really, you know, my identity wasn't even part of that conversation. It was just like, I had mental health issues and I'm trying to be a good Christian. And then coming out the other side of that, it, with all that I learned, I saw that my clients were still struggling. And I was astounded by that because I thought with all that I've been through and all that I know and all these experiences, why, 
do I, why can I not help them better? And so my breakthrough moment, um, as they call it, I, I was literally just sitting on my couch. It was nothing fantastic. I was just sitting on my couch, just thinking about all this. And I, um, and I wasn't even necessarily praying per se. I was just kind of thinking, you know, why is everybody getting stuck? And I heard these, these two words, identity abuse. And honestly, I would have never put those two words together, identity abuse. I'd heard of physical abuse, sexual abuse, but what, what is ident- how, how can my identity get abused? And in the days that followed, I, I, I really looked at if my identity, who I perceive myself to be, was abused early on, it would damage all that I think about myself for the rest of my life. And so really investigating what that would then, the results would create almost every kind of emotional disorder you can imagine. Um, and, and the most easiest to, you know, there's like addictions, you know, I'm trying to resolve something emotionally by doing this thing over and over again. And so as the years have gone by, I've heard people talk about emotional intelligence or spiritual intelligence. And, and I, and I really had to step back from that at one point and say, am, am I, am I trying to be more intelligent or am I trying to be more mature? Because I, I was super smart as a kid. I, I like, I absorbed everything constantly because I wanted to escape. I thought if and this was a legitimate thought I had somewhere probably around the fifth grade, if I'm smart enough, if I can get smart enough, I can escape because my, my home life was so psychotic. And, and so I was just a really avid learner, but then I realized that wasn't making me more mature. And so I, I, I forced my clients sometimes begrudgingly, they like, what is maturity? What is, what is maturity? What does emotional maturity mean? I mean, what does it mean to be mature? And I think really being able to bring that conversation to the table and say, let's, let's do what's the difference between who we are, what we know, and then how we cope. And I think that's kind of really where I wanted to go today. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing again, uh, a quick glance of, of where you've been and kind of your testimony and, Obviously, the mess and the pain and the hurt that you've walked through. We've all had brokenness, and we've all had messes that we've had to walk through. And obviously, when you had those two words that were given to you by God, that was a a paradigm shift that really led you where you are today to speak so often and really help people understand that there is abuse in our identity, and we need to understand how those two words coincide and and what they mean and how we can kind of walk that in our life and process that. And a huge part of that is understanding uh, really who we are and then truly, like you said, walking out and looking at this understanding of emotional maturity and spiritual intelligence. So help the listeners kind of walk that process through and ask some questions and help them in that journey. So, um, yeah, I was thinking about the concept of uh, even just Christian identity. A lot of people don't want to identify as Christian. They'll say, well, I'm spiritual, uh, but I don't want to be identified as a Christian because it kind of has like a bad name. But really looking at that's it's just your relationship with God, really. You know, what is your, your spiritual walk, your relationship with God? And how do you um, see yourself? Do you, do you identify as somebody who genuinely believes in the God of the Jews and that Jesus came and died for your sins and forgave you? And, and that's, and that's your spiritual, um, your spiritual identity, your Christian identity. It's not, um, a performance-based thing and, and really having clarity on that. My relationship with God is my, is my spiritual identity. And then there's, you know, my own self-perception. What do I really believe about myself? What do I believe is true about me? And a lot of that is generated emotionally. And if we have traps 
of things that happen in our childhood. It'll override our ability to see ourselves um, in a healthy way. And so um, trauma, childhood stuff, it creates a veil of vision, you know, when, and a lot of times it's subconscious. We're not even aware we do it until somebody comes along and says, hmm, do you realize you do that here and you do that here and do that here? And there's a repeated patterns and, and we'll be able to say, wow, my, my identity, how I perceive myself creates in me these behavioral patterns. So spiritual maturity, I mean, sorry, emotional maturity then is, can I see and having coming information and decide how I'm going to respond to something and, and be able to recognize there's habits that I have that maybe aren't healthy. And I'm going to step back and look at those emotional triggers um, because sometimes people won't even realize because it's subconscious that they have these habits in their life. Can I interject something here? Because we talked about this briefly and you literally hit it spot on. I shared a story and I don't need to show the story right now, but I shared a story of somebody that's near and dear to me where their processing of their emotions, they at times, often actually, they allow emotions to kind of be driving the bus of their life. And they're constantly leaning into how do I feel and emotionally, how am I processing this? And emotions are driving the majority of their decisions. And then there's the other person kind of on the opposite polarizing side that will say, you know what, emotions aren't even on the bus. I don't trust them. They're not facts. Uh, They're just feelings and you can't trust feelings. And those moments of just emotions kind of running alongside, pounding on the bus door saying, let me in, let me in. So I think obviously it's not always so extreme on one side or the other. But I think, by and large, people either identify as saying, you know what, I'm highly emotional, or I've kind of taken emotions out of the equation, and I don't trust them at all. So I guess my question is, kind of help people process a little bit, how do we begin to have emotional maturity? Because we want to be mature in all areas of our life, uh, and both sides, I think, are immature. So how do we kind of process some of that? And you shared some insightful things on the phone with me earlier this week in regards to this conversation. And, and, and I think that it's true. I think that, that line that you said that they're both emotionally immature is, is, is really the bottom line there and understanding that. So, so what, the, what I make people quote is uh, emotional maturity is the ability to tolerate uncomfortable emotions. So the ability to tolerate uncomfortable emotions. So if you have somebody who's completely avoidant, then, then they're not mature. And if you have somebody who's, who's just, um, you know, emotionally vomiting all the time, then they're not mature. And, and being able to understand that, like, like we said before, that both of those people suffer from the same issue, which is this inability to sit with an, with incoming information and then being able to um, say, wow, this, this, this really, really hurts. And I don't like it, but not race off to fix it. That's, that's, that's the biggest thing that I help people with, you know, in my, in my coaching program is just really helping them what happened and what could have you done in that moment in time to not have a, a, um, a negative response. I mean, the, that knee jerk reaction, but just sit with it and then think, how do I employ my wise mind in this moment to be able to decide to do something that's really going to be forward, you know, forward thinking. And, and not just, I need to get rid of this feeling. And so I talk to some people, I tell them that they just wanted to wipe their emotion off on somebody. So people who are overly, overly emotional, like they're always, always emotional. They feel like they, if they can just get it out and talk about it, they could just wipe it off on somebody. And then they feel that release. 
And, and that's where that, that, you know, toleration, can you tolerate it? And they'll, they'll tell you, no, I just can't. And that's where addictions come into play and, you know, all sorts of bad behavior. So. Yeah, that's really wise and well said. And I took a ton out of that. I know the listener as well as well. So when you think through this conversation to transition, you had something you shared with me earlier this week that I have in front of me. And the question really, the thought is this, what do you know about spirituality? Is intelligence enough? Share more about that. Well, I, I, um, I went to Bible college and I, you know, plus I was in, you know, Christianity all my life and went to private schools and all that kind of stuff and read and loved Jesus and just like absorbed stuff. But I didn't have a relationship with God. And I didn't know I didn't have a relationship with God until there was this day that I was, and I was almost about to be ordained. And, and I got on my knees and I'm like, I do not want to do this without you. And, and that's where I had that vision of Jesus saying, let's go play. And he revealed to me, you know, I've totally forgiven you and I'm ready to go play with you and let's go do something wild. And I, but I was so trapped in the the thinking and the emotion of, I, I have all these sins and he had to forgive me. He had to die and God's mad about, about sin. And, you know, and my mind was all trapped in that. So I had all this intelligence. I knew about forgiveness all of my life. I knew Jesus died for my sins, but I didn't have that spiritual experience of receiving that and genuinely believing that until that moment in time. And that was in 2013, 2012, 2012. So that wasn't that long ago. And, and I was floored because I was already a pastor. I was already a therapist. I think about all the people that I had treated prior to that. <laughs> and I really had a grasp. I'm completely forgiven. I, 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 and, it's, and it floors me to think. I'd heard it all my life. But the, so the maturity comes in of the experience of, you know, I genuinely believe now what I had learned intelligently all my life. And it dynamically changed who I was, how I experienced life, where I put my energy, everything. Absolutely. So how can you, I love that. So how can you help the listeners? Because I think at the end of the day, we've all experienced and possibly we're experiencing even right now, what would be phrased as moralistic therapeutic deism. So this understanding that's kind of been indoctrinated to us, maybe by the church or by people in the faith community to say, that really our faith is all about constantly improving our behavior. And it's this behavior modification. And it's constantly about uh, do this, but don't do that. And we kind of, the Baptist would say, don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls who do. And like everything in our faith is this deep implication of correcting our behavior. And at the end of the day, and I love that you had this beautiful moment of let's go play, where Jesus is like, okay, you understand me, you have a doctrine of who I am, let's go experience the full, rich life that I want for you and go do great kingdom work together. How can you help the listeners, or maybe what would you share to help the listeners maybe go out and start playing, or go out and take it from head knowledge to going out and doing great things for the Lord? So just some thoughts, because I love those three words, let's go play. Well, one of the, the things that I had to uh, practice was genuinely listening to God. And what so basically what you described is how I described the new legalism. Mm-hmm. You know, you do this, you go here, you pray this much, you read your Bible this much, you go to services this many hours, minutes, whatever, and you perform your way through your religion. 
And, and you hear often, and I've heard this for years, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Well, I had an 18 year old client with her parent in my office saying, I know I'm supposed to have a relationship with God raised in church. I don't know how. And that's the biggest problem I think that, that we suffer from is how do I have a relationship with God? And for me, I had to literally go and sit and empty my mind of everything and say, God, here I am. What do you want to say to me? And genuinely listen for him. And, and, and it takes a ton of energy, especially in our culture where there's this constancy of information and it becomes a, a practice. Can I practice the presence of God? Can I allow him to love me? Can I sit in those moments and let him tell me what's true about me? And in those moments where we sit still, we'll find all those things that are creeping in our mind that are distracting us, that, that are calling us away from a relationship with God. And it, and it took serious effort. I had ADD bad. It went early on and I, I just, my mind was just going, going, going. And so to sit still was like, you got to be kidding me. And it took serious intention. I needed to want to know what God wanted for me. And then I could sit and listen. Yeah. I love everything you just said. And I think it's one of the things in the way of spiritual disciplines that maybe Christians by and large are the most anemic in, and that's being still Psalm 4610 and knowing that I am God and really practicing and disciplining ourselves in a way where we can just sit before the Lord and listen and listen to what he says about who we are, our identity, how much he loves us, all of those precepts and truths that literally shape and propel us to become who he's asking us to be as image bearers, created in his image, as beautiful children uh, created by him to do great things for him. All of those truths start to become more and more clear when we sit with him and just listen and really pray and reflect and just no agenda, but just being with Jesus. So I love that. And I would encourage all the listeners right now to really cultivate this more within your discipline, within your rhythm of your day. I mean, let this become a part of your rhythm of every day and see the fruit and see the joy and see the transformation that will happen in the way that you see yourself in the way of spiritual maturity in the way of emotional maturity. Uh, you'll see massive growth in doing this one incredible discipline that will transform from the inside out your life, I believe. So I love everything you just said and you're smiling right now. So I think you also love it, but um, we don't have a lot of time and I really wanted to get to this question as well. Elaine. So you talked about emotional mature, maturity as a skill. Pl tease that out. Share more about that. Because I know I want to hear more, and I know the listeners want to hear more about that. So the easiest way to um, assess your ma emotional maturity is to look at the times when you go, wow, I could have handled that better. And then ask yourself specifically, how could have I handled that better? And and, 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 and that's kind of your comparison factor. So what I ask people to do is to make a stop sign in your mind and recognize when I have this feeling, that's when I do that thing I don't like that I do. And I need to have a stop sign in my mind that says, oh, there's that feeling again. I need to stop. I need to go for a walk. I need to take a break. I need to deep do some deep breathing um, and just recognize when do, when do I have that impulse to say or do something that I know I'm going to regret later. 
And the more you can recognize it, and I call it hooks from the enemy. I mean, he'll, he'll just throw stuff at you emotionally that gets you hooked into that and to be able to recognize those hooks. And then to tell yourself, when I feel that way, I know that I'm, I'm, I typically respond this way. If you can think about that when you're not in the moment and actually like journal about it and say, but this is how I would like to respond. I would like to stay calm. I would like to keep eye contact. I would like to be able to breathe calmly and whatever. Then when it happens, if you can visualize yourself doing it, then when it happens, you'll be more likely to actually perform that way. I love that. Can you just give maybe some like consistent stop signs that you generally see through the years of, I think it's 20 plus years of really walking with people as a licensed counselor. Can you share some like just real common stop signs, real common hooks that you see within your clients? So as far as a a stop sign, and it can be a hook either way. Um, So the hook is um, this person is um, making me feel less than. So that would be the hook, okay. right? I'm less than, I'm unimportant. I did something wrong. And um, the stop sign would be, they are not my mom. They might remind me of my mom, but they are not my mom. And so this is a very common one. They, they use it for um, men that have been incarcerated to remind them that that person, especially if they've been a, a domestic violence uh, perpetrator, to remind them that person that they're about to be violent towards is not their mom. And so they're reacting to this old hook of, my mom's being you know, mean to me or whatever. And so learning that stop sign then is saying, okay, that's that feeling that I have. And I'm going to remember that's not my mom. Yeah, that's so well said. And thanks for differentiating and explaining the hook and the stop sign and the differences. So I really appreciate that as well. Um, walk us through just in the closing, maybe few minutes that we have, you said this a few times and I want to say it again. So I hear it again. And then also the beautiful listening audience hears it again, being able to stay calm enough to choose how to respond to incoming information. How do we grow and mature specifically in that you've given us some great tools, but just maybe some final thoughts on that. Cause that, Definitely ties into emotional maturity, correct? Yeah. So walk Absolutely. us through, yeah, walk us through how we become and foster habits to become um, growing and, and, and exponentially better in that area. And so I think it really begins with um, being able to desire to be a healthy person and what that looks like. A lot of people don't know what that looks like and they haven't had that um, upbringing. But to be able to say, I I really want to be able to enter into an environment uh, calmly and respond well and and then engage, it's really a matter of desire. This is who I really want to desire to be. And again, that visualization, how would this appear if you were genuinely mature? And then then say, um, and be able to know, I feel like I'm being redundant. Um, just being able to say, I, I have a desire to be a mature person. I know what that looks like. And maybe that, that might be the, the area where you need to grow personally. What does a mature person look like? I've had clients that tell me, I don't know what that looks like because they've never had that experience or they were never exposed to that. And to say, um, I want to take my time to think back. So a tool that I tell people is say, that's an interesting, that's an interesting insight. I'll, I'll get back to you about that. Or let me think about that. That's probably what I try to think of phrases. You can just say, you know, let me think about that and give yourself an opportunity to to stop and think, you know, how do I genuinely want to respond to something? I don't have to respond right now. 
and giving yourself permission to take your time to respond to something. I think mostly the impulse is to respond immediately, which is either I'm going to shut down or I'm going to over respond. And so I think that self permission is probably going to be the most powerful tool. Yeah, that's really well said. Uh, the last point in the last minute that we have, just say some final thoughts on this. Choose to believe truth versus feelings and then act accordingly. Yes, uh, my my life verse is John eight thirty two, which says you will cho- you will uh, know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so our our emotions tell us a ton, but it, they don't always tell us the truth. So you can feel inadequate, you can feel unimportant, you can feel disregarded. But that's not necessarily true, especially when you come into the kingdom. God says you're highly valuable. Your uniqueness is eternally valuable to him. And you can choose to believe what God says is true. And I would prefer you to do that and not choose what your feelings are telling you to believe or what the circumstances are telling you to believe. We get that opportunity. And if we choose to believe what God says is true, our behavior, then we can follow and lean into that and go play with Jesus. And we're not going to get into that trap of trying to make other people happy unhappier until they make us feel better. Elaine, thank you so much for being my guest. You can find Elaine at identityabuse.com. Thanks so much for tuning into the Forum Show, a time that is committed to having these conversations that matter most. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.